This podcast and others are brought to you by everythingvoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. You can receive all new content offered by EverythingVoluntary.com in your email inbox every single weekday for free. Visit Digest.EverythingVoluntary.com to subscribe. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's February 23rd and it's been just over a week since I recorded an episode of this podcast. Since I've recorded an episode of any podcast. And you might be wondering why. You might not. I don't know that I have a reason. I think that I just, um, I think I talked about this last time. I just haven't really felt like I've had a lot to say. And I know that the way I've been doing my podcast is I have these different podcasts, uh, these different episode types, um, like the one we're going to do today, which is aphorisms, or I can do questions, or I can do libertarian quotes, or I could go through world news, something like that. The purpose of that is to sort of, um, I don't know, trigger I guess, sort of trigger thoughts and ideas uh, and then run with that. And I don't know. I just I just haven't felt like I need to have my thoughts triggered. But I've also I've also not wanted to let this podcast go stale. This podcast has had a couple of periods of hiatus, year-long or more hiatuses, or I don't know how to say them in the plural. And I don't want that to happen again. So I'm I've been racking my brain about how can I motivate myself to do this? And before I'd always record in the morning, you know, I do some morning business and then I, I record and I try to do it when, you know, when things are really fresh, my mind is very fresh before it's been cluttered up with stuff from the day. But every morning I think really hard and I, and I dig really deep to try to find the motivation to press that record button. And I just haven't been able to find it. So what I did yesterday is I thought, Okay, I'm not recording in the mornings anymore. Let's try the afternoon. Okay, let's put it in my mind. Middle of the day, I've done my lunch shift. Uh, maybe I've, I've dropped my son off at his new job. By the way, my 15-year-old got hired to work at Chick-fil-A. And that's an, been an interesting experience for him. Anyway, so I just dropped him off. And I'm thinking, you know what? I feel good. I have some energy. Let's hit that record button. So that's what I did. So I don't know. Maybe this will give me a, a little bit of a boost. Maybe I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe not. I'm not trying to uh, worry too much about it. But like I said, I don't want the podcast to just not have anything new. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, so let's do aphorisms. I've got my book here, Jakob Wisniewski. Let's see what, what can be triggered from this. Okay, here's the first one. A guaranteed profit is something akin to a riskless danger. There isn't any such thing as guaranteed profit. Now, I know some people may be uh, the first movers in 
you know, for a particular product or in a particular industry. And they may have this novel idea on how to arbitrage something or some business idea. But what happens with markets, what should happen with markets is that other entrepreneurs get scent of that, uh, of those profit opportunities, and they start to copy it. And that's okay, right? I mean, it's like you're going to invest in it, and then the idea of somebody else just coming and copying it and not putting in all of that mental labor, I, I understand how it's easy to think that they're in some way stealing from you. But they're not stealing from you. They're not taking any of your property. What they're doing is competing against you. They're competing for other people's money. And whether this is a business idea or some other idea, I don't believe that anything should be uh, monopolized um, in a governmental sense. And maybe maybe there would be some sort of market mechanism for protecting ideas. I doubt it. I doubt it would be anything like what we understand things like copyright and patent to be today are, who knows? But profits are not guaranteed. Okay, how many people think they have a really good idea and put a lot of mental energy and mental labor into it and then it totally falls flat? Not because of competition, but just because nobody wants to buy it. Does anybody say that those people have been robbed? No, right? They took a shot and they failed. Other people take a shot and they don't. That's just the way it is. Okay, let's mark that one off and go to the next one. A fool believes that liberty comes from participation in power. A person of reason knows that it comes from dissipation of power. A fool believes that liberty comes from participation in power. A person of reason knows that it comes from the dissipation of power. These are interesting concepts, power and liberty. And they're oft confused. Liberty, freedom, power. I've written on these concepts before. I've talked about them before. Power can be used to secure liberty or freedom, but it's not itself liberty and freedom. Like what what happens is when you're 16 years old and you get your license, your driver's license, or you learn to drive and you get a vehicle, your the amount of power that you wield has gone up, right, significantly. And you'll you'll say, oh, now I'm free. I'm free to leave home whenever I want. I can go wherever I want. I've got this freedom and it's great. Your freedom hasn't increased. Your power has increased. You could always, unless somebody was stopping you, you could always leave home and go anywhere you wanted. It just might take you a while to get there with with your own two legs or with a bicycle. Or even when you're going from walking to biking, right? You think this gives me freedom. No, it gives you power. The power that he's talking about here, I think, is political power, right? It's it's the power to it's the power to force other people to do what you want. That's it. That's all it is. And in that sense, political power is anti-liberty, isn't it? If you have the power to in, to force your preferences and your values and your preferred behavior onto me, what does that say about my liberty? And I think that's what separates, how does he say it, a fool from a person of reason. The only way to increase liberty is to dissipate power, is to take away political power from people and from institutions, because it can only be wielded contrary to liberty. I like that. All right, let's go to the next one. A libertarian does not oppose the welfare state because he does not care about the poor, 
but because he cares about them too much to believe they deserve being caught in the web of lies, empty promises, perpetual dependence, hate-mongering, and cultural degradation created by self-serving power-hungry crooks. <laughs> okay, that's that was a bit long. <laughs> but it was it was very good, I think. Um this is this is you know, one of the most common criticisms against libertarians, right? That they're individualists, that they don't care about their neighbor, that they don't care about the poor and the needy and the downtrodden and the marginalized and the helpless. And because so many of those people are also brown people and immigrants, it that, that sort of, you know, there's a sleight of hand. Now it's they're racist or they're xenophobic because of those things. And that's kind of where this whole meme, I think, started. And it's just not true. I have never encountered any libertarian theorist or popularizer or commentator who has ever had anything but love for the you know the the lowest of society and it's that love and concern for the lowest of society that has always undergirded their libertarianism and why is that because libertarians understand that governments do not have anybody's best interests at heart. Government does not create big welfare states to take care of people because they love people. They do it to foster dependency in order to preserve their own power. Libertarians want to abolish that. We want people to learn to master their own lives so that somebody else does not master their lives for them. And it's not because we hate the poor. It's because most of us are poor <laughs> and we want government to get out of the way so that we can build our own lives and and uh, make our own way and accumulate our own wealth so that it can serve us instead of serving the, you know, the, the, the powers that be. Are there wealthy libertarians? Yeah, there are. There are, they are a minority. Libertarians already are a minority. Wealthy libertarians are even more so. Most libertarians I know that I've ever heard anything from are like me. They're just regular Joes, middle class, middle lower, lower class, bottom of the barrel. We just want people to get out of our way and get out of everybody else's way so that we can be great. There's nothing greedy about that. There's nothing selfish about that. And this trick, right, this rhetorical trick that they pull is, is actually a projection. I think I think it's actually a projection of their own uh their own feelings towards these people. Okay, they don't they don't think these people can do anything for themselves. They don't they think they're too dumb. They think they're too incapable of having a good life, right? Of of accruing uh wealth for themselves and their families. So, it's infantilizing, it's disrespectful, it's indignant. Uh and they would they would they would try to deflect from being viewed that way by by pointing their fingers at those of us who believe that everybody is capable of some level of greatness for themselves and for their family. Okay, let me mark that one off and go to the next one. Okay, here's here it is. It takes a common thug to commit injustice, but it takes an exceptional thug to call it social justice. <laughs> this was um I think it was one of the libertarian quotes uh, episodes that I did recently where I read a quote talking about how the only way you can accomplish 
social justice is through real injustice. It's from taking from those who have, presuming they have in uh, in a in a legitimate way. Okay, I'm not talking about government people. We can take from them all day long. It's fine. That's that's totally just to to rob a robber, to plunder a plunderer. But that's not what these social justice warriors are talking about. They want to go after people who have built their wealth by serving customers, by satisfying consumer demand and building uh, commercial empires. Now, any commercial empire in our day and age and in most countries on earth is, is not without some level of rent-seeking. I get that. Libertarians want to stop the rent-seeking, the corporatism. Everybody should be on a level playing field as far as, as, far as that's concerned. So if, if the social justice warriors are saying, let's stop the rent-seeking, and that would be an act of social justice, then, then I agree with you. We are allies in that. But that's usually not what they're saying. Usually they're saying the fact that they have wealth is somehow evidence of some injustice that has happened. Jeff Bezos is not rich because he served anybody. He's rich because he's exploited workers, I guess. <laughs> workers who had a thousand other options and chose to work for him because they liked what he had to offer. He never exploited anybody. But they think that profit is evidence of some exploitation. It's, it's a totally bankrupt argument. And so they want to take Jeff Bezos's wealth and Tim Cook's wealth and Mark Zuckerberg's uh, wealth and Elon Musk's wealth and whatever, and then just give it to people who had absolutely no hand in creating that wealth at all. Okay, who who has the greatest claim to that wealth? Who who can say that's owed to me and can prove it? Nobody can, unless it was truly ill-gotten, unless it was actually stolen from somebody. And I don't think that it was. Hiring somebody at a market wage is not stealing from them. It's not exploiting them. And it's ridiculous to suggest that it is. So, you know, they're exceptional thugs, right? They're creating injustice through this, this, this plea for social justice, but they're, they're really just exceptional thugs. All right, let's go. I think we got two more. Speaking of which, okay, collectivism, the practice of exploiting humans in the name, excuse me, in the name of humankind. Free market capitalism, free markets, freed markets, whatever you want to call it, is the only economic system that respects individuals as masters of their own lives and property. Everything else, communism, socialism, fascism, collectivism, totalitarianism, depend on the belief that people are simply cattle to serve some collective, some higher purpose, that their own wishes, their own desires, their own demands are irrelevant at worst or secondary at best to the primary purpose of fulfilling the the grand vision of who? Some dictator some committee of planners, whoever it is, whatever it is. Okay, all of these forms of collectivism, it's exactly what it says here. The practice, the practice of exploiting humans in the name of humankind. All of these people try to put this humanitarian face on, right? That they're the saviors of humanity. They're going to save people from their, 
from their uh, their bosses, from their landlords, right? And they all have a plan to do it. And they all think they have the requisite knowledge and ability to calculate and to coordinate to bring about these grand plans. Every single communistic, socialistic, shithole country today was formed on this very belief that they could do it the right way. And a lot of these people like to point to China and say, look, China figured it out, right? China's figured it out. You take a little bit of capitalism within, a, within, the, within a, an overall communistic government and you can be very productive. You can make a lot of stuff and flood the world with cheap goods. But what aren't we seeing? What aren't we seeing in China? Okay. Because we're closing our eyes. We're seeing the absolute terror that these people live under. We're seeing what happens when they try to suggest any level of criticism against their masters. What happens to them? They get disappeared. And if they believe in the wrong faith, they get sent to a concentration camp to get re-educated. There is no concern for civil rights or human rights or civil liberties or, you know, whatever you want to call it in places like China. They put on a really good show. They make a lot of good products using their um, prison labor, essentially, to do so. But it's all a mirage. I guarantee it. It's all a mirage. All right, let me mark that one off. We'll go to the final one. All delusions aside, personal development consists a little more than scrubbing oneself clean of endless layers of folly. <laughs> personal development consists in little more than scrubbing oneself clean of endless layers of folly. All you, I, I like that. All This is my spin on what he's saying. All personal development really takes is looking at the mistakes that you've made and learning the salient lessons from them, okay? Suck out the wisdom from the, the, the times, the moments, the episodes where you were a fool, where you behaved foolishly. That's how you grow. That's how you develop as a person. That's how you get wiser. It really, it really seems to me to be as simple as that. I like that. Okay. I think that's going to do it. Um, I had some energy today, I think. This felt pretty good. We'll get this one out. Let me, um, I'll probably start mentioning this a little bit more, but if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, my wife achieved certification as a yoga teacher last year, something that took her all year to accomplish. I'm very proud of her. And I've built for her a website and I've set her up a computer downstairs on our, our big 55 inch TV with a, with a camera so that she can do personal one-on-one -on -one yoga lessons with people. Now, she's not charging for this. This is totally free. So if you've ever thought about trying out yoga with an experienced yoga teacher, she's been doing yoga for over 15 years, then all you have to do is go to her website and check it out. It's Julieta, J-U-L-I-E-T-A, like Juliet with an A at the end, Julieta.yoga. That's it, Julieta.yoga. It's got some photos of her doing yoga from her class. It's got her certifications on there. It's got her picture on there. It kind of introduces who she is. And then it talks about free yoga. And also there's a, an easy way to schedule a session. So check that out. That's julieta.yoga. All right, that's going to do it. Please remember, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. And don't ask permission. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. 
Please send your comments or questions to everythingvoluntary at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe to Thinking and Doing, a podcast where I examine logical fallacy, cognitive bias, stoic teachings, and tips on being better at life. You can rate and review this podcast in your podcast app, and please share it with everyone you know. Please consider supporting this podcast in everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EVC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary.com.